Well, I think it's a little bit difficult to say just now. I feel like it's really good if you're a self-published author nowadays. Mm, I've um, heard man- that. Yeah, many, many authors. I feel like as an author, you have to learn to cherish your, um, how do you say that? Um, like the rights to what you're creating mm. and not give them away just like that, you know? Yes, um, yes. And to make use of all of them because you have a story, you have a book, but it can be so much more than that, you know? So it can be a book, an ebook, hardback, print, audiobook. You can sell the movie rights. You can do so much yeah. with your intellectual property rights. So I feel like this is like the new movement where authors are empowered to know what their intellectual property rights are and to use them and to like find the best deals for your story and be like an empowered author. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. Really happy to have you here. And for you to listen to my guest today, Diana Wink. And Diana hails all the way from Germany. And uh, we last talked probably a little bit before the pandemic. And uh, clearly life was much different during that time. So I wanted to catch up with Diana and talk about uh, creatives. As Diana is an author and writer and what's the future of writing? What's she working on? And just connect back uh, with someone who's just a very pleasant person. So I look forward to this conversation uh, that you guys will get to check out with one Miss Diana Wink. Listen, it's been a while since we last spoke, huh? Yes, yes. I, I don't even know how long it was. I think it was before the pandemic. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely. It was definitely before the pandemic. Right? Yeah. We were having all these creative discussions and then bam, pandemic <laughs> time. Man, yeah. wow. How has your life been? Um, mixed, I would say. Okay. Actually, it was okay because I'm an online entrepreneur, you know. Sure. I'm not that affected, but still yeah. like your personal life, not being able to go out, travel. Yeah all these things but yes. yeah how about uh, you uh, i've been pretty good uh you know same all online stuff so it was kind of a same life deal mm. but you know life was different yeah and uh here in uh you're in germany right you're in germany yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so um here it's been everything's pretty much open at this point kind of mm. back to normal uh germany maybe different we're just opening a little bit right now. So since yeah. December, I think everything's been closed completely. Yeah. And now it's slowly opening up, which is great. Yeah. But I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> we'll really? Wow. Man, yeah. Guys going back and forth. In America, everybody, mm. everybody's like, no. <laughs> like pandemic over that's what everybody's like in america like yeah. oh man i wish we were the same honestly I know, it's, it's right? really exhausting to go back and forth because you're like oh wow everything's back to normal and then uh yeah. okay oh <laughs> i was in las vegas last weekend in nevada and uh you would have never known there was a pandemic at all really yeah it was weird it was like did this actually happen like it did but crazy free for all man Free for all. Crazy. No, so, we're still we're still wearing those masks and stuff. Yeah. 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 Man. 
What a deal. So tell me a little bit about how your creativity um, was affected during, has been affected during this time. Well, I think it all has to do with anxiety, you know? Mm. So if you feel anxiety, your creativity is affected automatically Mm. because you just can't be creative. You're like, okay, what's going to happen next? And I, I, I feel like many of us, when it started, we were caught up in this what I call the vicious news cycle. Mm. So just watching the news, what's happening here, what's happening there. And, and, and after a while, I realized as many people, I think, okay, we have to stop watching the news because mm. it's just destroying creativity and joy in life. <laughs> joy, <laughs> for sure. No joy. <laughs> yeah. So I just stopped watching everything. I actually was, went as far as deleting social media completely from my phone I didn't because I felt that my creativity was so affected by it Mm. I just couldn't do anything and then it it actually was good and it went well but you know I keep going back or kept going back and forth when things are happening or somebody you know my husband comes in and says did you hear about that and that and then you go on the news and then you're back at it and you're Mm -hmm. like okay and then you have to (laughs) refocus again yeah, it's it's a back it's been back and forth actually. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like now in the summer when everything's opening up and you're I can go out again, I can see something different again. It's it's helping definitely and I can get more creative. So did you get back on your social media or did you kind of like, oh, I like this, I'm gonna stay with it for a little bit? back and forth <laughs> that, that back and forth too huh? <laughs> i keep pu- putting it on my phone because i was like okay what's happening in all those author facebook groups i have to check it ah. and then i'm on that and then i'm in social media and then i'm watching all those beautiful travel uh <laughs> travel pictures on instagram and then i'm like okay i have to delete it again because it's making me feel miserable and then it's like mm. back and forth <laughs> wow did you I think a lot of people had that feeling. Do you you get a sense of that from people you know that they struggled too with that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, From people I know, from people I also like listen to on podcasts, creatives I have contact with, especially in the beginning. I feel like it was a huge struggle for many because it was so uncertain. Nobody knew what was this all about. Everybody was scared and then you had to cope with like a new reality. So like, mm-hmm. for example, I know many authors or creatives who create in public spaces. So an author who went to the cafe every day in the morning to write her book and now she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So her whole writing habit was broken and we had to adjust to this new reality basically. But once this happened, I feel like people got back on track. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, it's interesting creatives. And like you said, the person going to kind of a public space to do that. I never thought about how difficult that would be to transition from kind of a habit that you had and going somewhere or doing this. And now it's like, okay, the uncertainty of it all. So do you, do you feel like there's less uncertainty now, or you're still kind of like, "Eh, it's uncertain. I'm not sure, you know? I feel like we have we learned to cope with this uncertainty mm. and we're like yeah it's uncertain so but whatever we're mm. used to that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I feel like it's it's more common now that you don't know what's going to happen but you kind of you use the time that you have as long as everything's open let's go out let's do this let's do that because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow mm. but um yeah I kind of feel like there was like you know this time of grief when you w- wanted this 
reality back and you wanted your old yeah. life back and things to go <laughs> back to normal but this never happened and you were like okay maybe in one in one month everything will go back to normal and it yeah. didn't um and after a while when this this grief was gone and we accepted the new reality we kind of learned to go with it yeah remember that like everybody oh two weeks a month you know like mm. we were good you know like it's like how how kind of strange was that idea that we we're all like so like uh, yeah, a couple of weeks longer you know <laughs> like but you know nobody experienced anything like this in like a hundred years you know yeah so it's like we got hit with something that other people didn't have knowledge or experience with so you're mm -hmm. in this boat with all these strangers nobody knows anything like nothing about it you know yeah but i feel like as bad as this whole thing was there were also good things that came from it especially uh you know developments that have been on the horizon for a long time things okay. going online uh many things moving online remotely working remotely um you know and this has been accelerated like with a lot a lot so um <sighs> with books for example the major big publishers they didn't rely on ebooks that much you know self-publishers mm -hmm. knew it all along so yes. our business model is uh ebooks online but there wasn't and when all the bookstores got closed they were like okay what what should we do what can we do and then they started focusing on ebooks which was on the horizon for such a long time already people started focusing on audio on video uh, you know, uh, building businesses online. So I think this is really exciting, actually. Do you think that that will continue or that there will be a pull towards trying to get go backwards on some level to what things were like? It's hard to say, I'd say. Yeah, it depends on how this whole situation will develop, mm -hmm. you know, with all the pandemic stuff and the mutations and I don't know. As I said, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I, I feel like it's going to continue because this is the trend and this is where yeah. everything's going. But it, I feel like if everything's going to be open again and we don't have to fear the pandemic, people will also want to go back to things they can touch, things they can feel, places they can be and not just online because this is how we're wired and we want yeah. that. Action. Yeah, I think so. And But I think people also recognize how uh, powerful online mediums could be. Because uh, I think there was this kind of fear of like, well, it's not, it's not going to be as good if I have to do something, talk to people this way you know but really this form of communication has been forecasted for decades and decades we just didn't embrace it you know it was in movies forever and people were creative people were forecasting this type of technology you know many 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 decades ago actually yeah you know here in germany we're really resistant to change why and i don't know because it Germans are like that. <laughs> what know? do you mean? <laughs> Bureauc bureaucracy and let's things, let's keep things safe and we need to fill out that paperwork because before we can change that tiny thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And German people, their their mentality is like that. They're really resistant to change. Hmm. And uh, we 
like uh, employee employers in Germany didn't want their people to work remotely for a mm. very long time. So it was also like home office. No, not possible. We don't mm. even we didn't even have, have homeschooling here in Germany because it's not allowed wow. to homeschool your children. And now with this whole pandemic, everybody was homeschooling, everybody was working in home office and suddenly they saw, okay, it's possible after all. You know? Yeah. Wow. So almost like, I didn't know that you weren't allowed to homeschool people like that's no, wow. it's not allowed by law. So you, you, kids law. have to go to school. Mm -hmm. So no children there had ever had that experience at all. No. No, and wow. this was like a huge problem for the schools as well. Because, okay, you know they didn't have any systems in place to no. to teach children remotely from home, give yeah. them some proper curriculum, and so on. So it was a big challenge. It had to be a mess initially. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah, because it was a mess here. I'll tell you that, <laughs> like huge mess here. It was like I have like my daughter's almost ten. And it's a weird age for a kid to be going through this stuff. And it's just like, you take away the socialization, then you go online. And I think it stunted her creativity tremendously. Mm. And then, you know, the teachers, they're not used to it. You know, it's they kind of give up a little bit, you know? Yeah, I feel like this period has been really tough on kids. Not so much on like my, my daughter's two and a half. Yeah. So it was okay for toddlers mm -hmm. because they don't, get that much but for, remember it you know yeah but for children who, who are in school already yeah. it was really tough because they need socialization they need movement they want to mm -hmm. get out they want to meet, meet friends like staring at a screen the entire mm -hmm. day is so exhausting for children and we actually don't want them to do that right no but they had to and i feel like this was really damaging for them yeah i think so but in this case it's kind of strange because for germans they, they needed that kick on some level to like, in many ways, modernize the future of all aspects of things, you know? Where does that come from, by the way? I lived in Germany twice and like, I mean, I guess I was really young, so I don't remember this, this feeling, but like, where does this resistance to change come from? You know, like every trend that is in America will come to Germany five or seven years later. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Like ebooks boomed in America in 2012. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, I think 18, it was that people started saying, okay, in Germany, the same's happening what's happened in America 2012. Wow. And it has like, it's, it's like that in many fields. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just the nature of the Germans, you know, it's just kind of a cultural thing that you know, gets passed down to people. Yeah, I feel like it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Like, have you always, have you been like that? Or you, you don't seem like you're very resistant to that. I don't know. I'm not quite, I'm not that German, you know, because yeah. I, yeah. I was born in middle Asia That's and right. I'm half German, half Russian. And I kind of, I don't, I don't feel either German nor Russian actually. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking at both cultures from a very, I'd say neutral perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. You're like, please don't lump me in with that. <laughs> don't say that about me. <laughs> well, I do have tendencies from both. That's Is this... <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's no, the I Russian think... tendency? Is there a tendency there? I mean. Russians? Well, Russians are, are like rebellious you know this rebellious. is why putin had to lock everybody so when they had locked in in russia putin said either you're 
inside the house for five weeks or you go to jail for five years. <laughs> True story, but I, I get it. I get it because it's the only way it will work with the Russians. Because if you say that to them, okay, please, we have to accept yeah. that we are locked down. They won't care. They will just go <laughs> on the street and do their thing and they don't care about that at all. Wow. So, yeah, it's That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so funny hearing that. That would never fly in America, ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it would be like mutiny. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's the nature of, you know, the political systems here and stuff, and which is very different in Russia and stuff. It's like, you hear about these things in different countries. You're like, man, that just wouldn't happen here. That would like, yeah. it's too big of a country, too many things going on. It's crazy. Yeah, but I feel like it's also like Americans and Russians are fundamentally different in their nature. Mm. Uh, so this is why it's so difficult to understand like Americans have a hard time understanding the Russian soul and Russians have a very hard time understanding Americans because they're so different in nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting observation. Like (laughs) how, how do you, how do you view that though? Like in a sense, like you're kind of, like you said, neutral, what's your view of America, you know, from where you're at? To be honest, I don't really know because I've never been to America. I really thought you had. You haven't been to America. No, I always wanted to go. And then the pandemic came, you know, yeah. and so I have no clue where, when I will be able to go. But I really want to, yeah. but I've never been. So I can't say, honestly, because everything I know is from hearing or from TV shows and stuff, but it's it's not representing <laughs> reality, you know, so. I'm <laughs> That's, oh man, it reminds me of one time I was in Malaysia and, uh, you know, a lot of people in Malaysia do not go to the United States. It's like a huge dream for them. They're like, oh, you know, and they're like, anything I know about America is through CSI, the TV show. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, yeah, CSI Las Vegas. I'm like, it's nothing like that. Just so you know. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> and you want to know. I, yeah, what I feel about Americans is that they're really polite and they're really excited easily about stuff. You know? <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This is cool. And this is great. And it's the opposite with Russians, you know, when you sit at a yeah. restaurant in Russia and you smile at, uh, at the waiter yeah. or you try to be polite, they look at you as if you're crazy Yeah. because nobody smiles and nobody's polite and they will tell you how bad you are in your face. And this wow, is fine because everybody man. knows that. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows. It's, it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> eh, knows, you know, and I lived in Germany twice and I remember thinking like a few German people saying to me like, well, Germans really don't like small talk. You know, like we're not really into that. That's an American thing. Small talk, shit chat. It's like get to the point type of thing. I'm like, okay, I don't know. It's like you don't want to just chat. I mean, you know, get to the point. And then, like, I went to Iceland, and I was like, I'm not so sure about Icelandic. I like Icelandic people. I'm sorry, but the first time I went to your country, I was thrown off a lot. Because it's just so reserved. It's like they're like cats. They're like, eh, I'm I'm happy you're here, but I'm kind of not happy you're here. I don't know. Take it or leave it. So so reserved. I'm like, does anything exciting get you going here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's the weather's like, garbage most of the yeah. time. Maybe that's the problem. I mean, yeah. go to California for one time or something. <laughs> Change your mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> I mean, Russia, I mean, I've never been there, but 
everything that uh, I see doesn't look great, like the weather-wise. Well, the weather doesn't look great to me, <laughs> but I don't know. It depends on where you are. Yeah. Russia is such a huge country, so huge, you can yeah. go from really, really warm temperatures to mm. Siberia, where it's like fr freezing cold. So yeah, mm. it's, it's it's huge, and it's the same with ethnic ethnicities and cultures. It's it's just yeah, it's crazy. Wow, it's it's funny. Americans get excited. It's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, man, you got to get to America sometime. It's great. Yeah, I really want to. I really want to, especially to California. So, is there a creative aspect to this of going to America? Is like there like an artsy place or creative hub you think you'd like to go? Like, is California that for you? No, not really. I really want to go because of nature. Because when oh. I travel, I really like to go into nature and see yes. nature spots. This is why I also like like traveling to Scotland and stuff. Yes. And this is like the major point where I want to go because I want to see the national parks and stuff. Yeah, the coastline. Yeah. Oh, national parks in America, incredible. Yeah. You know what? Go to Yellowstone. Skip California. No, you can go to California. <laughs> go to Yellowstone. <laughs> Yellowstone National Park is one of the greatest things in the world it has to be i mean it's just like this seeing a serengeti of animals just herds of animals like bison it's it's otherworldly and geysers phew, crazy crazy i want to i really it's it's been my dream for years actually really really mm -hmm. wow you got to get there i mean it's <laughs> yeah. just so much fun uh we are an excitable group of people so, like, <laughs> A lot of blow up movies and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> but Germany has some good films. They started like that show in the dark on Netflix or something like that. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. good sci-fi thing. And I was like, where has this been? Like, <laughs> come on, Germany, pump up here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's a new generation of filmmakers actually in Germany where they're, yeah, they're, they're brave enough to make genre films, which has been such it's been a no-go in germany for a very long well, time well why why i don't know yeah i don't know because germans are resistant to change <laughs> it's always about resistance to change and stuff i mean you're a big i remember you're a big sci-fi person right kind of like you yeah. like christopher nolan you like chris i remember you're saying that i think yeah yeah, yeah. true yeah. yeah see i remember these things i remember <laughs> have you seen the newest tenet from by christopher i nolan? just okay hold on wait wait, wait. <laughs> I saw it on a plane flight. I saw it. Oh, uh, I, like, I have to go back and figure this movie out. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, you I didn't get it. You definitely have to watch it at least twice to get it. Uh, yeah. Man, when I, I watched it. it for the first time, when you watch it, your brain is just mush. You know, you're yeah. like, I don't get anything. What's happening? For the second time, it's much better. You actually enjoy the film for the second time because you <laughs> get, to, yeah, because this time around, you're like, ah, oh, I get that and this and that, and you're not that <laughs> tense all the time. It's really more more fun when you watch it the second time. You actually enjoy it the second time. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just like, you know, sometimes I think it's just so mind bending. And I'm like, okay, tenant, what's the thing here? Like, and then this, I looked it up a little bit and I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> this makes sense now. But I appreciate that, like the effort in the mm. original nature of yeah. that. And yeah. uh, more Germans should be getting into sci fi and, you know, <laughs> out there space stuff because it's a people love this stuff, man. 
Yeah, you know, true, true. It's the creative nature, the explorative nature of humans, I think. Mm. Like what's yeah. out there? Yeah, that's true. And you know, actually, German has a huge fantasy fan base. Like Germans are reading apparently a lot of fantasy novels. Mm. I didn't know that, but yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's like, what is starting this? I have no clue. <laughs> I, I don't know. Must be time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Five years must be up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, time to start these novels now. <laughs> like, like, wow. I mean, what's the future of? You talked a little bit about uh, ebooks and all those things. What's the future of writing and um, being an author? Where is this going in your mind? Well, I think it's a little bit difficult to say just now. I feel like it's really good if you're a self-published author nowadays. Mm, I've um, heard that. Man, yeah, many, many authors. I feel like as an author, you have to learn to cherish your, um, how do you say that? Um, like the rights to what you're creating mm. and not give them away just like that, you know? Yes, um, yes. And to make use of all of them because you have a story you have a book but it can be so much more than that you know so it can be a book in ebook hardback print audiobook you can sell the movie rights you can do so much yeah. with your intellectual property rights so i feel like this is like the new movement where authors are empowered to know what their intellectual property rights are and to use them and to like find the best deals for your story and be like an empowered author um on the one hand and on the other hand i feel like with ai and everything happening online and gpt3 those text algorithms that can create like movie scripts by now and stuff um you have to be really personal with your fans you have Mm. to show up you have to show your face you have to email them personally answer them so that they know that you're there's a person behind it and Mm. that like you have to be human on the internet basically yeah i think in the past like a lot of creative people in various disciplines disciplines like you would see the person on screen or read their book but you didn't know them you had no sense of like what their daily life was like and the humanity i think people are demanding the humanity in people when they see them out there and whatever they put out there in the public and things so I yeah, think that's I f- different. Yeah, and I feel like this age of mega authors mm. is slowly going to an end. Like authors like Stephen King, yes. Jack Reach, uh, Lee Child, and all these mega, mega big authors. Yeah. And there are lots more smaller authors with a smaller fan base but they're actually making enough money to sustain mm-hmm. their business but they're not that known, you know? Yeah. But they're still there they're doing their stuff they're living off of it they have their fan base they have their 1000 true fans and i feel like this is happening more and more as well it's happening in music too i talked to a lot of musicians Mm. and it's the same thing you got a lot of extremely successful musicians that you never heard of you never heard of their music's not gigantic but they're 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 making a good living enough to support themselves and be creative and continue to do what they love to do. And I think mm. that pool is becoming larger of creative people being able to sustain themselves, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, and I feel I've I heard several times that the music industry is like a couple of years ahead of the publishing industry. Yeah. So every trend there will likely hit the publishing industry as well sooner yeah. or later. I would I would say so. Do you see that like storytelling, like the how do I say this? Kind of the the venue or the modality for that is going to change like virtual reality storytelling. Can you see something like that happening? Augmented storytelling, you know, through AI? Yeah, I feel like this can happen. It probably will happen at some point. Right, like right. virtual reality and augmented reality, it has, my professors have been predicting this when I was still studying. It was like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely going to happen, but I don't know when, because we don't have the technology there yet. Mm -hmm. I feel it's not there yet to make you feel like it's really real, like yeah. you can move about with it. I mean, we, we've seen some examples of it, like um, Pokemon Go and stuff for augmented mm -hmm. reality. But the technology still needs to, needs to get better for it to work better as a story and to get into a mass market, basically. Yeah. I know last time, uh, which was a long time ago, pre-pandemic <laughs> people, pre-pandemic, that's a long time. <laughs> you know, we had a good discussion on AI. And do you have different feelings about AI or similar feelings related to the future of it? I don't even know what my feelings were the last time, to be honest. <laughs> it might but have changed. What, yeah, but I can tell you what I feel right now. I feel like AI will become a tool for us hmm. for now, for a very long time. So creators will start to work. We, we actually already do that. Probably hmm. people don't realize that. So, for yeah. example, oh, we have the transcription software if we produce like podcasts and mm -hmm. we have as authors, we have like software like Grammarly or ProWriting Aid that will help us with our punctuation, our sentences, our grammar, and so on. This is everything of it is AI already, and AI mm. will develop even deeper. And I feel like AI will help us deepen our creativity, come up with stuff that is not in our brain. Because we, as people, we're still in our thinking. We have, we're influenced by our surroundings, our, our culture, and we think like in one direction mostly and when we have this AI for example idea generation for stuff they, it will help us come up with new ideas with things that haven't been there before and then develop so I see AI becoming a tool for now and not a replacement for creative people interesting could it become a replacement at some point well I'm not sure I mean we have AI like I said already we have GPT-3 which is like, I think it's capable of creating like journalism articles really, really well. Yeah. And, um, then we have what we have, I think we have the AI that has been writing classical music already. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, some at some points, in some cases it might replace people, but I feel like it will also give us the freedom to dive into things that we haven't done before. So, you know, if, if AI can replace you as a journalist because it just takes information from the internet faster right. and makes a better article faster than you can, because it's not that creative, you know, mm -hmm. but it can't come up with a fiction story that makes sense 
for now. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's, it's time to take those tools then and get into something deeper, do something that's more fun, that requires more of your creativity, basically. Well, do you have an idea what that would be, that something that you would get into that's deeper? Well, for example, just thinking about um, AI voice technology. Mm -hmm. And there is, I think Google released it recently, Google Books. It was like a technology you put your book in, basically, and it exports it in minutes with as an audiobook from an AI voice that's reading it. And it sounds really good. Wow. It sounds nearly human. But they... Whoa. They, they say it's best for nonfiction books mm. because it has still struggle reading fiction. So what narrators can do now is focus, like get their focus away from just reading stories, reading books into more artistic endeavors, like more acting, more interesting See. stuff, you know, because I don't think that um, AI will be able to replace that nuanced reading yeah. nuanced acting because it doesn't get irony it doesn't get you know <laughs> yeah. several things that we understand <laughs> yeah. yeah and i feel it's like people are saying double down on being human basically if you want mm. to beat the ai you have to double down on being human so try to do stuff that humans can do better <laughs> <laughs> double down on being human yeah <laughs> you know what that's a good thing i think like yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. you are forced to embrace your humanity when something else rises that potentially tries to replace it for mm. that. I yeah, never you know, thought when, about it that way. When machines come along in fact, came along in factories, people were afraid like, oh no, it's going to steal our jobs. Yeah. What will we do? But actually new jobs came along. Mm -hmm. Jobs where you have to be more creative, be more analytical, you know, and don't have to labor and destroy your health basically yeah. and i feel like i i feel like this might be the same revolution going to mm. the same direction where you can move away from those mindless jobs that people still have yeah. to do and instead get into more creative jobs and discover your identity what makes you unique and how can you can express yourself to the world and serve the people around you basically you know what? I've had this discussion a few times. It's, it's very interesting as you update the discussion over the years with people. And I've heard a lot of scientists saying, this, oh, we want to free people up to do things they want to do. And sometimes I, I think that's a good thing. But other times I think, you know, there's a lot of people like they wouldn't know what to do. They would have no clue what to do. Even if like, let's say like you AI replaced all cashier jobs, which is feasible. I mean, a lot of places you don't have to have a cashier, you know, have a kiosk, you know, what if that person, you know, that's like the only thing they've ever done. Maybe they could do something else, but maybe they didn't do something. Maybe they don't do something else. I don't know. I'm very mixed on it, you know, like. Well, you know, my parents, they grew up in Kyrgyzia, which was back then uh, the Soviet Union. And okay. everything you could study there was like, you could become a pilot, a doctor or an engineer or something, you know? Yeah. So my parents, they just said, okay, from those three, we will be doctors. And they became mm -hmm. doctors and they like their job. But yeah. my father occasionally says, okay, if I got to choose back then, I probably would have become an actor. And he really <laughs> like in, in his heart, he's really feeling like, I would love to be an actor, but he never got the opportunity because he had to make ends meet. And it wasn't yeah. like nowadays it's still difficult to become an actor, but mm -hmm. it's still, it's much more, it's 
the possibility is greater that you can make money because of smaller theaters, small like even That's online true. stuff and so on. So you can make a career still. But back then there was nothing. So yeah, if you're not yeah. a television actor, you couldn't do anything with that. So yeah. I feel like there is a desire inside every person, but they take this somewhere along the road, they just take the safe route. So occasionally, for example, I, when I was working as a student, I met somebody who was doing lights for a TV show. Like every day he was doing the same lights all yeah. the time. And then he went after some, some time, he shared with me that actually he, had, he was dreaming of being a photographer for a very mm -hmm. long time, but he just couldn't do it because he had a family and he didn't know how to yeah. do it. You know, so there, I feel like there is a dream in every person. And oh, you're right. They don't know what that is yet. They could discover it. So there are pathways to discover it, to let it flourish, to get into that skill and do stuff. But we're just, you know, the longer you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. Yeah. And you don't want to, then you have a family, you have people that you yes. have to care for, you have your, you know, uh, what, what's it called in, in America? If you pay back your credit debt and so on, mm -hmm. your loans, loans, you have to pay back stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and so I'm really actually really glad that I became a freelancer when I was yeah. still living in my parents' house, because I don't know if I wouldn't have done it, would have done it if I was, if I had a secure job, you know, and had a yeah. bills I had to pay and stuff. So I feel like maybe it will give some people the nudge they need. Yeah. To, because I, I was researching recently for a book I just wrote on creativity in business. And most people who are successful creatives now, now they have been, uh, put there by a lucky punch basically mm. so they have been fired they yeah. have been like something yeah. happened to them and they had no choice and then they just went to pursue their passion and became really uh successful basically yeah that, you know what that made a lot of sense actually and think about it because <laughs> I, I really did i was just kind of like yeah often the 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 change comes it's almost forced change you know because yeah. humans are so comfortable it's kind of like moving like i don't know if you paid attention to this or not but in america the housing situation is crazy like mm. people selling homes like homes are worth so much money now the valuation has increased so much and because of the pandemic, people are moving. There's this massive migration of people across the United States all over the place. And honestly, they wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the pandemic and if it wasn't for this change in the housing market. Hmm. It's not like people are just normally moving places because they just want to. You know, People move because of a job or a circumstance or a situation. I find hmm. it's very rare for just people to just be adventurous and take chances or do the job yeah. they really want to do just because yeah you know, there's yeah. some disruption that usually creates that pathway for them you know yeah and you know but in the end you're actually glad that this disruption happened yes you're actually happy that it happened because it forced you to go into a direction that maybe has been inside your heart all this time yeah. but you were just too comfortable and then i also meet people who have been in their day jobs for years and years and then and they're miserable but they yeah. can't get out of it anymore yeah. because you yeah. know it's just it's not comfortable it's too yeah. uncomfortable to do that yeah i actually have a buddy that i was chatting with in vegas last weekend and he's 
he said, I'm just so like, I like what I'm doing, but I need to like venture out and do something else and move to a different place. I'm like, then do it. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, set a plan six months to a year and make it happen. Or if not, you're going to get stuck. You're going to start getting all these circumstances and all these things are going to start coming to your life. He's like 27. Mm. It's going to make it harder and harder yeah. to go because you're going to add on potentially a family and you get more comfortable in your job. You're going to go see can't do anything because I got all these things going on. I can't change my life, you know, mm. but it sounds like that AI may be one of the disruptors to say, Hey, what if we took away you having to do this job so you can try to do this job? I mean, cause honestly, nobody grows up saying they want to be like a server in a restaurant or a cashier mm. in a grocery store. I- I'm sorry if anybody that's your dream, but I never heard it, man. I never yeah. heard that from any human. Have you? I've been like, no, <laughs> no you never is like, oh, I'm gonna be an incredible server <laughs> at, a wait- at a restaurant. I never heard anybody say that. They generally, it's like, this is what I'm doing because I kind of have to right now. It's not like what yeah. you wanna do, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I everybody, I'm, pretty certain like every human being on earth is creative inherently so if you look at children like kids they're so creative they just make up stuff all the time (laughs) so it's inside of us but somewhere along the lines you know we just settle with stuff and we go there and there and fine and then we bury our creativity not just us but like society around us they needs us to function it needs us to do certain stuff and if we're not careful then this creativity will drown at some point so um yeah i feel like what, what was what was i about to say like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it just flew um, out of, i saw it fly out of your brain like <laughs> diana gone <laughs> ah, I, I, I wanted to say that everybody we all would be happier if we got to do what we would love to do yes. like our creative if we could serve people around us with our creativity yeah but it's it's still tough. It's still tough to go on that road. And I always keep hearing that if it was easy, everybody would do it, but it's tough and it takes so much from you, but it's absolutely worth it. I feel that, you know, I, I'm still sometimes on in the point of my life where I'm like, maybe I should get a day job. It's so (laughs) hard, but then I'm like, nah, there's nothing else I'd rather do than Mm -hmm. do this thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no. And you know what? I don't know how it is in Germany, but like American, the American school system does a tremendously bad job of encouraging creative arts and pushing people into those professions and things. It's all about math and reading and science. I'm not saying those are bad things, but when it's like the overwhelmingly big thing, mm-hmm. you're basically telling a lot of people who are tremendously creative, this isn't important to our economy. And mm. you know, you're gonna, you know, there's no jobs for you. You might as well just get a good paying job. And even if it's not something you like, you know, it's all about testing and standards and testing and standards. And you yeah. need you pass this test, you need to be great at math. Meanwhile, you just need a calculator to, in real life. You just to be able to figure things out. You don't have to be great at it. I mean, come on, you need to know how to read. You definitely need to know how to read. But like math, I mean, when's the next time, when's the last time you did trigonometry in your life? I mean, you know, or algebraic equations, you know, it's like, come on. <laughs> but I don't know, how's it in Germany? Is it is it a similar thing? I mean, I don't know. Well, as I said, Germans are resistant to change. I know so. <laughs> the name of this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, our school system, of course, is outdated. I yeah, feel that yeah. 
definitely. So it's still, uh, it's it doesn't prepare kids for real life like at all so when i left school i was like okay what do i do with my life i had no clue about real life like Mm. so many people who start studying this and this they're like they change their their major they go study something entirely else because they have no clue what to do they have no clue about life and this is really sad and yeah i feel like we should be doing a better job preparing kids for real life and also preparing them for the change of the economy of what's happening of the new jobs that are appearing everywhere so that that they can actually take advantage of them properly yeah most definitely i just uh i should have known the answer to that already i am <laughs> damn five-year backwards stuff <laughs> oh man i tell you what diana i you know, first time I talked to, her, I was like, "Man, what a wonderful conversation!" I feel the same way about it. Last question: I was thinking about it because I was on your podcast and we talked about exercise. <laughs> How's the exercise been? It's been tough because the gyms have been closed down for mm-hmm. such a long time. But this is the thing about habit. I feel like if you have a habit, you just have to—you don't have to get an entirely new habit. You just have to change it up yep. and find something that works for you. So I actually—I discovered what works for me, and now I work out every morning. I get up really early and I work out from home. I have like a set of uh, dumbbells, mm-hmm. uh, and I just work out from home, and it's great, and I love it. And I actually, Wonderful. don't want to go back to the gym because I—I <laughs> I, I came to love it a lot. Yeah, that's really good. Good for you, man. I know we had connected on that a long time ago. So I was like, I'm going to ask her about this at some point. (laughs) Well, it's, it's awesome. You look great. You're surviving the pandemic flourishing looking like, and uh, just grateful that uh, we're connected. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. for. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's social network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review my dad's show on Apple podcast in the rate and review section. Thanks everyone.